Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. I'm told this next book already, uh, number one bestseller. And it's not just because of this amazing chimpanzee on the cover. It's a pretty uh, amazing story. Uh, The book is called Saving Mana, What a Baby Chimp Taught Me About Making the World a Better Place. And joining us to talk about this remarkable story is, well, the author of this book, the individuals at the center of this story, Spencer Seeker, joins us uh, in studio. Spencer, thanks for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me. Congrats on the book and and all the interest in it. Now, just to introduce you to, to our audience, now you're a, a teacher. You're still a teacher, right? Correct, yeah. Still employed by Alcala Public Schools. Uh, okay, Sherwood Park, right? Right, right. Yeah, all right. And so the, the story starts out, you're in a period where you're a teacher, but you're also taking some time to, to see the world, like literally like all kinds of different places around the world. Right. And why were you doing that? Well... I was a phys ed teacher and I was trained as a phys ed teacher and I, I had enough experience at, you know, uh, moderate success in athletics so I could teach from experience my students. And so when I started to make the transition to social studies, I wanted to be one of those teachers that could teach from experience. Yeah. You know, there's that line in the movie Goodwill Hunting where Robin Williams' character says to Matt Damon, you know, you're very smart, but you know what it smells like in the Sistine Chapel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and now I know what it smells like in the Sistine Chapel. It smells like sweaty tourists. But the, <laughs> the, the point is I wanted to bring experiences, my own personal experiences, back to my students. So mm-hmm. I started teaching abroad. Right. And you're not just, you know, backpacking through Europe. You're going to some pretty... I'd say exotic, even you could say dangerous places like Afghanistan, right, West Bank. So you're right. really seeing the world. Well, it's, it started out in Sierra Leone and, and it was, they spoke English, but it wasn't really English. It was Creole, but it was at that time, it was the second least livable place on the planet um, ranked by the United Nations. And so I think that kind of set me up for everything else that seemed relatively easy in comparison, but it was such a rewarding and enriching experience that like, like this is my passion is, you know, to go over and, and to, to see for myself what, what these areas are. Yeah. Really like. Which would be incredible. So your travels take you to uh, Iraqi Kurdistan. Correct. And you meet Mano. Right. Talk about that. So in teaching in, in other parts of the world, I always ended up, you know, you know, taking care of some stray kitten in a refugee sure, camp, yeah. or I brought some dogs back from Afghanistan to Canada, got them adopted to amazing owners. So my passion was with animals. Mm-hmm. So um, I did. I was introduced online to Dr. Suleiman Tamir in northern Iraq. And so I went to help with their feral dog situation, which he's, he's trying to help with. So that's why I went over. But uh, Suleiman was employed by the government, and so he had his morning duties, so I had my mornings free. And he'd done a, um, a call earlier with me to the zoo that just so happened to be down the street from my hotel. I have my mornings free, so I'm halfway around the world. So I just wandered over into the zoo. And I think something got lost in translation. I think that they thought I was a veterinarian because I was welcome with open arms. Oh, and really? I, I go in the confectionery store and uh, 
you know, there's baby chimpanzees thrust in my arms. And I'm like, this is such a cool experience. And, you know, taking selfies right. to show my students or my wife or whoever. And then I look around the room and everybody's gone. So I spent my morning with Mano and we, you know, just playing with him and walking him, you know, around the, the zoo, holding his hand. Then next morning I went over and then the following morning. So it just became part of my morning uh, routine. And wherever Mano was, he'd, he'd see me there and he'd, wherever he is, he'd barrel over and jump in my arms. <laughs> and we just developed, they're, they're so human-like, Rob. They're so much like us. Yeah. It, we developed such a bond together. Oh, I can imagine. I mean, just looking at the pictures, you, you almost start to feel it yourself. I just imagine what it's like to interact with this amazing creature each day. So how did, how did Mano come to be at that zoo? How did he get from, from Africa to, to the zoo in Kurdistan? And this is one of the things why it didn't sit well. Well, first of all, when I'd leave, you know, for in my afternoons with Suleiman, they'd, they'd put Mano into a birdcage. Wow. So, so that didn't sit well. I mean, and they share 98.6% of our DNA and our yeah. physiology is so similar. So imagine putting your infant son or daughter into a cage. So that didn't sit well. And then in, in discussions with the, the zoo owner, he was very forthright and revealed to me that all the animals in the zoo had been uh, smuggled in including Mano. So I'd done enough just by interest. It so happened that I was at a couple chimpanzee sanctuaries just out of interest through my travels through Africa. Mm -hmm. And I knew what that entailed. So typically what happens when you get a baby chimpanzee, including entertainment chimps, they go in and they will kill the entire family. Oh my God. And then they take the baby and as it goes up the food chain, it, it, it you know he increases in value and price, and so Ramadan, the zoo owner, paid fifteen thousand dollars American for Mano, and that's how he ended up there. And he hadn't been there very long then, obviously. No, when when I was there, we think he was probably about a year old. Yeah. Uh, so you're concerned about how we came to be there. You've obviously bonded with this animal, but you know, I think for a lot of people. That would be the end of the story. You'd, you'd go home and you know, it would be on your mind, obviously, but this became like your cause, right? So how did it become such a big part of your life? Why did you just not leave it at that? Well, first of all, if I'm nothing else, I'm fairly relentless, yeah. for better or for worse. But I think something more than that as well, Rob, is well, I never saw Mano as an animal. He was my friend. He was a sentient being looking into his eyes. I, I just, it would be like a pebble in... in in your shoe, I, it, my life would never, it would always be something that I would regret if I yeah. didn't follow through on this. So I just, I just got, went online and started reaching out to whoever I could think of. I had an online friendship with uh, Dr. Cheryl Bernard, who's this fascinating lady. And it just so happened her husband was friends with the Kurdish prime minister who is also an animal lover. So they're sitting for dinner. And by the way, Mano, so we had a means to get him out. Uh, Barzani, the Kurdish prime minister, said that chimp will be leaving that zoo. So we had a means to get him out, but we had nowhere for Mano to go. So we were in kind of a holding pattern for two years. And then Dr. Jane Goodall, the Dr. Jane Goodall was speaking at the Winsboro Theater in Edmonton. So my wife and I got tickets like everybody else and yeah. stood in line. And then I kind of had Mano's uh, picture on my phone and my five to 10 second FaceTime with her. I said, this is Mano, he's, he's smuggled, he's my friend, I took care of him in Iraq. And so she lit up and put me in touch with her people and that's when things really started to roll. Yeah, that's someone good to have on your right? side. Yeah, right? you know, as soon as Jane was involved, that's when things really started to happen. Yeah, by the way, and she wrote uh, wrote the, the intro for this book. So, so, yeah. so grateful that, that someone so iconic was, you know, be so gracious to write the foreword. 
So what's that, an ideal setting then? I mean, there, there's no undoing what, what happened to this chimp in the first place. It's probably not realistic to take him back where he was. So what, what are the options at this point? Right. Impossible, in fact, because now they've been acclimatized to humans. So there are various chimpanzee sanctuaries, not as many as you'd think around the world. And I think if you talk to all the chimpanzee sanctuary um, staff and owners, they'll all tell you the same thing. They wish that they did not have to exist. So this particular sanctuary is Sweetwater's Chimpanzee Sanctuary in the old Pajeta Conservancy, like this larger park in Kenya. Maybe a three or four hour drive out of uh, Nairobi. So that's where this uh, you know, um, sanctuary is. And all things considered, it really has been a Disney ending for Mano in that it, the transition was perfect. And, yeah. and where he is now, he is uh, close to being in the wild as could be expected. Which is good. And, you know, and obviously it's a big part of the story is, is how you got to that point. But it's, it's also a story about the impact that this all had on you. Right. Right. So, so talk about what this did to you and how this kind of almost changed you in a way as a person. Well, it did. I mean, how, how can something not change you when, you know, something so profound happens in your life? But to me, I mean, the, the book is obviously a story. It's a little bit about my growth and my arc as, as a person you know, with the thread of, of Mano throughout, you know, the, what would the steps of, of rescuing him. But I, I'm hoping kind of on a, a bigger scale is a story about goodness. There's, a, there's a, a line in the book near the end and I'm talking to my students. And to me, this, I hope, sums up kind of what the book is about. And it's, your life is an empty page waiting to be written, an untouched canvas. So go paint your masterpiece with a palette of kindness. Yeah, yeah, that's well said. It, it seems like, you know, it's, I don't know if it, dilemma's the right word, but, you know, for you to have had this profound experience and bonding with this animal and for us to, to understand them and interact with them, but also wanting to kind of protect them from us. Right. Right, so how do you find that balance between us understanding and appreciating these animals, but kind of leaving them alone too, right? It's hard because, I mean, I was that guy. Um you know, when I was younger, I thought it'd be cool to have a, a pet chimpanzee sure. too until I went to Takagama Chimp Reserve and you see how they actually are in the wild. I got my picture taken with dolphins in Mexico yeah. until you find out what's entailed in there. You know, I, I, I did a, a stint at an elephant rescue in Thailand. Don't ride the elephants. So I think education is the key and we find out because we love the animals and we want to get close to them. But really, the only... I believe ethical way is is if they're in as natural environment as possible. Mm -hmm. But spending time with this animal, bonding with this animal, and you, as you say, you get some insight into what really like the personality, really yeah. that they have a personality like us. Like yeah. they're all so different. They've got different personalities and different likes and different uh, dislikes. And you find out one way or another, you know, this chimp is a little more friendly or a little more uh, gregarious. Yeah. And absolutely, so I mean, the the. The, the common connection to us as humans is not just the biology, but there's also something more. And they've got personalities. They've got, they've got feelings. Yeah. The man was a toddler, essentially a kid. Right, right. Uh, he's a bit of a rascal yeah. in some ways, right? Could be, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But intelligent. Right. Incredibly intelligent. Right. So... It's funny, I, I told my student, and then this is to our, um, one of our current rescues, which is Simon. When I came back after, you know, um, uh, one excursion to a, to a sanctuary, I told him, so, well, you know, you watched the show uh, Planet of the Apes. 
It's true up until, you know, <laughs> the, the, Dave is trying to put the key into the lock. No. When I was just with Simon, he is smart enough. When he'll steal your keys, he tries to put the key into the lock. He doesn't have the dexterity uh, to no, do really. it. <laughs> but it shows how intelligent they are, that they understand that I've got to put this in here and turn it and in order to get out and escape. By the way, where this zoo was, how close was that to you know where all the fighting with, with ISIS was happening? What might happen to the zoo or what has happened to the zoo right. since? Right. So when I was there the first time, I mean, there were certainly raised eyebrows. You're going, where? You know, isn't it dangerous mm-hmm. there? So there was still um, obviously stuff happening in the region in, in Kurdistan, but ISIS didn't even have that moniker or that name yet. And But when we went back to actually remove Mano from the zoo and take him to, to Sweetwaters, you know, um, Duhok is just a few kilometers north of Mosul. And at that time, it was the fiercest fight, uh, fighting on the planet. And so there was that whole element as well. Um, and it certainly added to the tension and the... Uh, you know, the uh, anxiety of, of uh, going to the region. Well, it's an amazing story about these amazing animals. And one in particular, the book is called Saving Mano, What a Baby Chimp Taught Me About Making the World a Better Place. Spencer, again, congrats on the book, and thanks so much for joining us here today. Thanks for having me, I appreciate that. Uh, Spencer Seeker, again, the, uh, the book is called Saving Mano. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.